But nonetheless, let's officially kick things off. Doing it for the culture, Southern Vibes. It's your host, DJ Crooks. And I got the man, the myth, the legend, mm. DJ Main Event. What's up, man? What up, what up? Man, it's good to have you back here. Man. I know earlier we were talking about how I made a bonehead mistake and <laughs> my hard drive crashed. This is a PS- PSA uh, to all the DJs out there. Back up your hard drives. Man, gotta do it. Gotta do it. That's the... That's one of the worst things and worst feelings is to lose it all. Yeah. It's almost like losing your, your wallet for, for your sure. money, your ID, your credit cards. It's all gone. Your edits. That feeling is the same feeling when you lose your laptop or your hard drive crashes on you. It's, it's, what do you do next, right? It's like... Start over. <laughs> oh, my God. You just now like, what? That's what it's like. Now what? For sure. So, but nonetheless, man, how have you been? Man, good. You know, just busy. And busy is good. I see you working, man. Busy is good. Um, just moving around, man. Taking care of business. Um, doing doing what what I do and paying the bills and taking care of the fam. Yeah, and I think we got some uh, congratulations in order because you recently bought a new house, right? Yeah, man. Shout out to that. That's awesome, man. My second house. Damn, that's awesome. House it's, number two. I, I it's, for me, I can only count like on one hand of the amount of DJs who could make a living off this and do it full time and have like a really badass house. So congratulations on that. It's awesome. Thank you. It's definitely, um, it was a a goal of mine and I achieved it and, um, I knocked that one out and there's a few more that I got to knock out. So it ain't no stopping anytime soon. Can't stop. Won't stop. No, (laughs) for sure. But since we're talking about goals and, you know, ambition and things like what really motivates you to, to DJ as a full time DJ nowadays? What motivates me nowadays? Yeah. Um, I still have the same drive that I had when I first started. You know, the passion and the love is still there. Uh, that hasn't changed. But what motivates me even more now is that I've been in it so long. I'm beyond waist deep, and now I got children. I'm a lot older and mature, wiser now. I have a family, and um, there's no turning back. Now I have to do it ultimately for them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, Nathan, uh, you're fired. <laughs> it's all good uh yeah ultimately i have to do it for them so it's not even about you know uh yo this is this is what i want to do this is where i want to go with it and and um you know all those things are still there but over the years i've achieved so many of the goals that i've had you know and i've wrote down or either i had them on a vision board i've knocked them all out and there's still a lot to go but now that i have children um, I, I, they're on my vision board as well. They're like on the top of the list, you know, priority. As long as the lights are on, there's food on the table and I'm taking care of them, there's clothes on their back. That drives me even more. Yeah. So that, that just lights the fire under my ass even more. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that motherfucker's hot. So, you know, there ain't no turning back. It's like, what do you do? What do you do if you stop? When yeah. you're, when you've been in it that long and, you're in it so deep what do you do like you said if your hard drive crashes it's like now what yeah what if you do if it's taken away from you what if you do if you just wake up saying well i just want to quit i don't want to do this no more mm-hmm. then what you can where are you gonna work work at gonna, target yeah walmart <laughs> you're gonna go back to trapping yeah you know, what are you gonna do you know and so it, they they drive me and that's what drives me even more today to answer your question yeah so, i was I, just about to ask you that because yeah. i feel like there's all these uh, celebrities or, or great figures in, in history, and uh, you can see they accomplished so much in like their early years, like in their twenties, and then they have kids, and it's like, 
5x, 10x, their goals start getting bigger and they have like an even bigger drive. So that's you got to. That's that's awesome. But you know why? I don't want to cut you off. I don't mean it. to be Kanye West right now, but <laughs> you have to because it's not about just you anymore. Yeah. It's it's not just that one thing anymore. Oh, I want to do this yeah. for me, or oh, I have all the. You got to think about them now. For sure. So now you got to up the ante on it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It kind of reminds me of that saying that a. Uh, the Dame Dash always says, I hustle for my last name, not my first name. Nothing that really resonates with the conversation that we're having right now. Yeah, man, because at the end of the day, once you've done everything that you could have done while you had your time, when you're gone, now you have a legacy. You left something behind. Yeah. Not just for where you're from, your city, or, or, or you know all the things you accomplished, but even for your family. Yeah, and then those around you too. And I feel like, uh, like you yourself, like, You've always been an inspiration to me and I'm sure like other DJs just because like you actually sat down and taught us stuff like we like checked you out like DJing like when I go see you still like to these days like I'm just like mind blown and it's like I guess like once you're a DJ you kind of build a tolerance to seeing shit like you're like all right cool that's cool but like still to this day I feel like you've left behind such a big legacy and I just want to congratulate you for that and say thank you because you know being an instructor and and break free, you know, back in the day, I'm sure you taught a lot of people and I think a lot of people look up to you. So man. I, I think I think you did the job, man. I know there's a lot more, but <laughs> I honestly just want to say thank you so much of what you've done so far and give you your flowers while you're here because you're killing it, man. Man, thank you. Thank you for um, appreciating that and even seeing it in that way or in that light because uh, that's another thing, you know, where certain people don't, don't speak on things like that. And I'm not here to... To ask for that, I'm not here looking for the flowers. I'm here doing it because that's just what I want to do. Yeah, that's just that's a part of who I am as a DJ. You yeah. know, if if I can, if I can give back and contribute, you know, to the next generation, the youth, or to somebody who's willing to to listen and learn, I'm gonna do that because you know what? I remember when I when I when I wanted it, and when I was like seeking and looking and trying to figure that there was no one teaching me. We didn't even have YouTube back in the day, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I had to figure this out on my own, and it was the hardest thing to do. Yeah. You know? So coming from that, I can remember what it felt like. So how would it be if somebody came, you know, for you, for instance, or just anybody asked me, you know, for, for, my advi- for some advice, and I just brushed them off? Like, no, that's, that's not cool. Yeah. You know? Because I remember when I wish I had somebody there, to, you know, to kind of guide me, teach me, and answer questions i had you know and there was there wasn't anybody so that wouldn't make me feel good because i know that feeling yeah so yeah i'm gonna teach yeah if somebody says hey can you help us of course yeah if there's anything i can do you know to help you out in any way i'm gonna do it and i'm not asking for anything in return i mean that makes me feel good so thank you for that because that's that's just something i you know i don't mind doing yeah because just letting you know man there's a lot of people that are looking at you and just like yo that man he killed it and I can't wait till I get older and be like, yo, man, this dude, Bane Event, man, really inspired me. And I'm sure you inspired a bunch of other DJs out there that are out there right now killing it as well. And that's going to be a part of history forever. So that's why I want to sit down with you, document it, and, you know, just tell you how awesome you are. Man. But since we're talking about, Thanks. you know, um, you know, seeking knowledge in particular DJing, what are some things that you wish you knew when you first started out? Man. Some of the things I, I, when I first started, was what 
pretty much what in the hell is the guy doing behind the turntables <laughs> in the first place. I remember when I first saw a DJ, I was like, what is his purpose? He's doing nothing. He's, he's playing a song, right? Yeah. That was just in my mind. He's playing a couple of records while the artist on, on the stage is, is doing all the work. The artist is, is, is who should be getting all the shine. Why is that guy back there? You know, that's the first thing I thought. And I just by seeing that, I just wanted to know, what is he really doing? Why is he up there? <laughs> Why is he important? Yeah. So that was the first thing for me. Yeah. And um, and from there, it kind of went on, you know, after that, um, after finding out what the DJ's pur- purpose really was, I understood, okay, now I understand why he's important. But now how is he doing that? Yeah. That was the next thing. And uh, then, you know, everything else came after that. Okay, now he's doing this thing. Now he's making noise. What? That sounds cool. How is he doing that? And everything else after that. And then you start to find out what his name is. Oh, now there's another DJ. And you find out what his name is and how dope he is. And then the yeah. next one, the next one. And now you just want to do everything they're doing, period. So I think the first thing for me was just trying to figure out why he was important. Yeah. So around what age were you, like, what... Around what age did you get begin to get curious about the DJ? I want to say 11. Mm. 11 years old. And that was only because my neighbor across the street was a DJ. Really? And I used to play kickball with his brother. I think mm. I told you this on the first podcast. Yeah. Uh, and he used to play kickball with his brother outside of the house. And there was always loud music playing from, coming from inside of his house. And I asked his brother one day. His name was Rodney. That was the kid I used to play kickball with. I used to ask him, man... Why is there always music coming from your house? He's like, oh, that's my brother Richard. He's he's practicing. Practicing what? Uh, he's a DJ. It's nothing. Come on, man. Throw the ball. You know? I'm like, what? What? He's a DJ. So I remember I, I went around the house and the window was open. I, I looked in and I just saw him just... You know, it wasn't the type of DJing we do today, but it was still on two turntables and he had records and he was playing music. Yeah. That right there, you know, was intriguing enough. You know, I was like... I seen it on TV. Now I'm seeing this for real. Like somebody's doing this. Yeah, somebody you know is actually interacting. And it's across the street. Yeah. I want to go in that bedroom and see what he's doing. And so, uh, that's how it started. I was 11 years old. So how did you sucker your friend into letting you in his house to check everything out? <laughs> uh, so we snuck in, right? He's like, you really, you really want to see? Let's go inside real quick. So he tells me, let's go inside. I said, all right. So we go and we walk down the hallway and he cracks the door open and his brother Richard's like practicing and he, he has it cracked open like this much and we're like peeking in there. And he's just in it, doing his thing. He's not cutting or scratching, but he's, you know, he's mixing it up, doing yeah. what he does. And then he, he sees us looking, and he says, hey, what are you doing? And Rodney slams the door, and we book it. You know what I'm saying? We just take off, <laughs> right? And uh, the next time, I don't know, a couple of days later, maybe a week, we're playing kickball again. And then we sneak in again, and we try to look. And this time, he says, hey, what are you doing? And we run again, and he comes out the room and goes, hey, stop. So we stop, and he goes come here he calls us both over there he's a lot older than us you know he's probably like i was 11 he was probably 14 yeah you know um and we walk back over there and my buddy rodney's like hey we were just looking sorry he wanted to see he's like what why are you looking i was like i just think it's cool (laughs) he goes you like that i said yeah man he said come in here sit down and i I went in there and i sat (laughs) down and he goes don't touch nothing and I said, all right. And then he started DJing. And that's, I was 11 years old. And I was just like, what the, that's so cool. 
and he wasn't playing hip hop or anything. He was playing like in, he, was playing? he was playing industrial music, like oh, 80s shit. industrial music. He was playing like Michael Trip League and CCCP. He was playing like um, Skinny Puppies, you know, um, um, Netzer Ab. He was, uh, I think Netzer. Anyway, he was playing a bunch of bands and groups I've never heard of. You know, it's music I've never even heard. So whoever's watching this, y'all go do y'all's research on some of those artists. Google that shit. Some of those artists I just dropped, you know. Yeah. And I'm 11 years old, and this this dude is just killing it. Now he's just, but you know, killing it back then. He's just mixing one from one song to the next, and he's not even mixing. He's just switching the song over. But back then, that was okay to do. There was no, there was no BPM matching, beat matching, no blending, no nothing. As soon as the song was over, he just crossed over to the next song, hmm. and that was you were you were dope if you did that. Yeah, as simple as that. It's you know what I'm saying? This was this was this was the '80s. I, I think this was like, I don't know, '86, seven, eight, something like that. I don't know, and. He was the man. So, I mean, of course, DJing's evolved, but that's what started. I was 11 years old, and from that point on, he was like, you want to learn this? And I was like, yeah, sure. He's like, all right, well, I'm going to a party this weekend. If you can get away and come out, you can come with me, but you have to carry my crates. Mm. And I think every DJ first started off in the game carrying yeah. crates. Traditional. Just if, if you are a real DJ... That's what you were doing at first. Not and coming from my era anyway, because there's not too many uh, people carrying crates these days unless you're still a true vinyl, you know, DJ. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, no knock on anybody who's coming up in this generation, but man, that's just the way it was back there. Back then, if you were if you were about it, you were carrying crates and the DJ who was put on or who was the man of his city or neighborhood at that time ended up putting you on yeah. because you were carrying those crates over time. And so that's just how it started, you know what I'm saying? For 11 sure. years old, though, yeah. Yeah, so one thing um, that every guest has the privilege of on a, uh, on the radio station here, uh, slash mix show, is they get a beverage writer. Uh, now, of course, you picked some tea, <laughs> which is kind of out of the ordinary. Usually Same tea? This is a J-Mo right It's a J-Mo? Yeah, really? It's kind of kind of light for that. <laughs> is it <laughs> diet? <laughs> a diet J-Mo? Nah. Yeah, no, you're right. But uh, yeah, usually people request like Jameson, Espelon, Hennessy, but you're just like, man, I want some sweet tea, man. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard about this one right here. Yeah, that one's, that one's pretty smooth. I heard that uh, Espelon, right? Yeah, that's Espelon right there. I heard that's that's some good stuff. I, I don't know. But no, uh, yeah, I requested the tea. Yeah. Yeah. Straight up. This episode is not sponsored by Gold Peak. No, but I'm going to tell you. But shout out to Gold Peak. If, if you're done with sugar, you're not really like eating... Like sweets and sugar and stuff. This diet tea really tastes like it has sugar in it. Really? And that's yeah, why I like it. I, I'm a, you know, I'm from the South and I grew up on tea. It's it's really good. I mean, I like it. Holy shit, this is a diet? Yeah, right? See what I'm saying? Yo, Gold Peak, you're going to have to hook us up, man. Yo, send us a care package. You know what I'm saying? For like a price right, You're making bitch. a whole lot of money on me. I'm going to tell you right now. Y'all have made a lot of money on me. Just got that official uh, DJ ME endorsement. <laughs> yeah, no. So that's why I requested it. I, I don't drink anymore. Nice. Congrats. Yeah, thanks, man. It's um, <clears throat> almost 20 years in the game and drinking almost every night of your life, dude. You're, like, you're definitely like the consumption of that. Is, it, I mean, you're killing yourself. All that. Yeah. It's like you said earlier, it's poison. Yeah. Yeah. And and I started to feel that, you know what I'm saying? Uh, anyway, I mean that's a whole nother story, but yeah, man, I 
I do not I do not miss waking up in the morning feeling like shit. Yeah. I do not miss it. I feel that. And because uh, after a night of going out man, and you, and you want to go God. to like network or something, next thing you know you're oh, man. drinking all night and you wake up and you had all these plans in the morning and I mean, nah. it's, it's bad enough that I don't get any sleep now because I'm so busy. Like, it literally yeah. feels like morning right now to me because I literally, and us as DJs that, that are so busy, really don't feel fully awake until the sun goes down. Yeah. You know what I'm That's saying? Very true. So by the time the sun's down, it's like 8 p.m., 9 o'clock. It's like, all right, what are we doing? Yeah. Got ideas, you know, juices are flowing. You want to get in the studio or you got a gig coming up or there's a podcast or something, you know, so... When you when you're drinking like that, that doesn't help. You know, when you're you know barely waking up at a you know late hour in the day and you feel like shit. I'm like, man, I, I'm I need to make a change. So I, I put it down and it's it's going on um going on four months now. Awesome, man! Congrats, yeah, man! Thank you. News. So I'm trying to see how far I can go, and I did it cold turkey too. Damn, you just like nah. Yeah, man. I said let me see if I can do this, and I did it, and. Uh, I'm not picking it up, and it's it's the hardest thing to do when you're in the nightlife, man. It is, you know, there's drinks everywhere. You're literally playing music for a venue or an establishment that encourages everyone to drink. Yeah, and then it's free too. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's it's uh it's been the hardest thing to do, but I've managed so far, and uh, that's why I requested the Gold Peak. Damn, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, I know a lot of DJs out there drink a lot, so I think. That's good that you're trying to push that um, sobriety. Not too many people do that in our industry. So yeah, it's 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 really tough, man. And I'll tell you really quick, um, uh, not to take up too much time, but it's a definite challenge to put it down and not pick it back up. But then there's a greater challenge when you're DJing and you're not on the same page with the people. Yeah. Remember, you're DJing for an establishment that encourages everybody to drink. Everybody's walking through that door to have a drink and have yeah. a good time. Or they already had a few drinks. Right. Tonight. You know, and so it's it, they want to turn up. They want to feel good. So, you know, when you're drinking, you're on their level. Yeah. They're on your level. You, it's go time. You know what they want. Yeah. And you're delivering that. You know what I'm saying? You're creating these moments for these people. But when you're sober, it's like going back to the drawing board, you're man. Saying, you're trying to figure it want? out. Yeah. Because you're... You're wanting to have a drink, but you're telling yourself, no, I'm not. I'm yeah. not going to have a drink. And then, you, you know, you're so in tune to everything. Your senses are heightened. You're so like, you hear everything, you see yeah. everything. And it's a different feel when people are tapping you on your shoulder. Hey, can you play this? Hey, do you have that? Or when everybody's just belligerent, drunk, falling over in the booth <laughs> and nearly passing out in your booth and you're sober, dude. All that really gets to you. And how can you really focus and, and deliver what the people want when you're yeah. not there on their level? So that's the other challenging part of being sober, you know, for me at least. Yeah. You know, because so, it's only been four months. And uh, I've gotten to that point where I've, I've started to understand what they want being sober and get back to where I was when I was partying with the people. Yeah. So, what are some tips that you have to when you DJ? A party sober when you're used to, I guess, drinking on the drop. Just say no. <laughs> say no. Be like, just no, say just... no. Just hey, no, I'm 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 not drinking tonight. You Which know? is funny because it's. I, I know it's easier said than done. Yeah. But I can't really give a tip because for me, I I just know that um, I'm not gonna do it. Yeah. I don't care if you put it in my face. You ask me, I'm no, I'm not drinking. I'm sorry. You know, whatever excuse you could come up with. 
you know, do it. But yes. just don't take the drink. If you don't want it, don't take it. I can't give a tip. All I can say is if you really don't want it, you're not going to take it. Just don't do it. For sure. That's the only thing I can say because that's what I did. That was the only thing that worked for me was willpower saying no. I'm sorry, bro. I can't do it. Cheers to you. I'll <laughs> water right here with you or I'll pretend we're taking this shot. For Thank sure. you so much, you know, for offering. Uh, but I'm sorry. I can't. And say, you know, and the other thing uh, to that is like you'll know who who your real friends are. Yeah. Because they're either going to call you out on it and say, oh, man, you're lame. Or like, yeah. come on, you better drink this. Oh, you're whack. Or come on, bitch. Or whatever. Then you don't need those people around yeah. you. Because you're trying to do something good for yourself. Yeah. You need those friends that are going to be like, yeah. if they see you getting drink, and be like, hey, bro, what happened? Like, yeah. Or like you, like, congratulating me on it. Yeah, that's awesome. Those are the people that you want. Those are the people. You'll know them when you tell them, no, I'm not. I'm not drinking anymore or I'm good tonight. And if they say, hey, dude, that's cool, man. Congrats to you or, yo, keep it going. Yeah, I'll take a shot. The shot I was bringing you, I'll take both of them in honor of you or toasting to you and your yeah. sobriety. That's the illest thing ever. So every, anybody else who's going to, like, you know, knock you for it, yo, move around, dog. Because, you know what I'm saying? Now I know who you really are. Definitely. We I'm trying to better me. We don't need those people in yeah. 2020. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you're going to knock me for trying to better me, then, you know, that says a lot about your character. For sure. Well, we got a little bit off topic here, um, but nonetheless, good good conversation. Um, we started talking about how you, your neighbor was a DJ. Yeah. Uh, he invited you to a party. Did you end up going to that party? Oh, yeah. Actually, I did. So um, I lied to my parents and said I was going to spend a <laughs> night across the street at Rodney's house, okay. right? And and so I went over there, but I, I did spend a night, but I didn't say I was going to go to the party. And so I carried his crates, um, and all he did was say, just just watch just watch and you know after like three or four different parties um and after coming to his house a few few times to watch him in his room practice he started like showing me what you know certain knobs were and you know the faders and whatnot the turntables how to use them turn them off and on you know how to plug everything up do you remember what kind of setup he had uh yeah he had the techniques and he had a realistic uh, radio shack realistic mixer mm. one of the old schools with the the vu um meters you know um and uh, you know, he showed me all that, and uh, I, I remember after like one of the, I don't know how many parties I've been to, but one of the the last few parties was like, hey, I need to go use the restroom. When this song is over, get this crossfader, move it over to the right, and hit this button that says start. Mm -mm. That's all you got to do. You're like, it's go time, man. It's my like, time. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so he leaves and he says, but that's if I don't make it back in time. You're like, I hope he doesn't. Yes, <laughs> absolutely right. I was I like, please take forever. Bathroom. Please take forever. <laughs> and uh, he didn't take forever that time. Damn it. <laughs> exactly. I was bummed out. But then he had to go again later on that night. And in that time, he took forever. And it was my time then. And dude, I felt like I was the coolest dude. Did you get any weird looks like at first, like when you were getting on? No, nah, everybody was dancing. Everybody oh, was yeah. older than me. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So no one paid attention to me. You know what I'm saying? Everybody was doing their thing. I was hoping somebody paid attention to me. Yeah. I was like, yo, yo, I wish that girl would look at me right now. You know, <laughs> that's, that's what I wanted. You know, I wanted the, the people to see me do that because I thought, you know, I was doing my thing. Yeah. And so I lived for the piss breaks. Mm -hmm. uh, every time I went out with him, I was like, I can't wait till he uses the restroom. Kill this tennis, yes. bro. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so that's how it started, man. After a while, it was all about the restroom breaks. You know, hey, got to go to the restroom again. You know what to do. Yes. Yeah, got it. After a while, I was like, I got it. And then I remember we ended up moving. 
So that's all I learned. Mm. That was it. And I was so disappointed because I couldn't go across the street anymore and watch him practice or go to any more parties. Yeah. So that was a real bummer for me, man. So that ended around, what, you're like 12, 13 maybe? Yeah, I would say 12. 12 years old. It wasn't too long. Mm. You know, by the time I hit 12, we were already out of there. Mm. Yeah. Did you have any, like, early, like musical influences in your family Man. Like, do you remember like your mom playing musical cleaning yeah yeah no that's 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 where it really all started that's where it really all started because um had i not been in a family that was musically inclined or grown up in a, you know in a family that that was a part of music in some way shape form or fashion i wouldn't have never been interested in what that guy was doing or why or where this music was coming from Right. You know, and anytime I hear music, it's like, yo, what is that? Who's playing? Or like that beat. Oh, I like that beat. Didn't matter if it was a rock group or hip hop song or disco, whatever. It was just music. Yeah. So, yeah, I grew up in a family full of music uh, on both sides. Uh, really, really my mom's side. You know, my uncle, my mom's brother was a drummer. My, um, my mom's sister's husband was a guitar player. Um, uh, another one of my uncles was a piano player. It was just all in my family. You know, um, and so growing up, seeing and hearing music, uh, it was just all around me. Everybody played an instrument. Yeah. And yeah, so I grew up around it. And that had a lot to do with me, you know, just enjoying the sound of music. Didn't matter what it was. Do you remember what kind of genres you were playing when you were when you're Dude, small? Dude, so, or? okay, I'm not going to say how old I am, but <laughs> you guys probably already Fairly know. Fairly young. But, you're like 24, right? But uh, something like that. But growing up and listening to a lot of the music that came out uh, back then in the 80s, it was a lot of dope music. Oh, of course. And it was all over the place. It was pop culture, like the true era of pop culture. If you ask me when it started, it was back then in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So there were so many artists and so much music that was coming out all the time. This is the era of MTV, you know, and they were playing videos. Yeah. So there was, there was music all the time on TV. And that's all I wanted to watch was MTV. So growing up in a household where I had cable and it was MTV, and then you know you got family members who are in bands and they're, everybody's playing instruments. Music was all around me. Yeah. You know, so I'm listening to everything. By the way, my uncle was in a band and they were uh, headbangers back then. That's what they called them. <laughs> they were a heavy metal. They were a heavy metal band. So I mean, my uncle's playing rock. And he's in the garage with his band, you know, just practicing all day long. I'm watching MTV, and there's like 80s playing 80s music and New Wave on MTV. Yeah. My other uncle is playing in a band, and he's playing like country music, and he's the guitar <laughs> player. You know, my other uncle is in a New Wave band, and he's playing the, the keyboard. Yeah. So I'm hearing everything. You know, back then, that, I mean, there was just there was so much good music, man. It didn't matter if it was rock and roll, pop music, 80s music, disco. It was everywhere, and it was it was great. So I was just, the one thing though was was hip hop I wasn't into yet because I hadn't heard it yet. I heard everything but hip hop. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't as mainstream yet. As nah, nah, it really stuff. wasn't. It really wasn't. So yeah. um, I was listening to all that to answer your question and then later later came the hip hop. Gotcha. So after you moved, when, when did you fall in love with DJing again? Um, so we went to a family reunion out in New Braunfels, Texas and... Um, my mom's cousin out there ended up being a DJ, and I found out, you know, that he was a DJ. Nice. Yeah, and so by this time, I'm 12, and uh, I remember we go to the family reunion, 
And uh, just like the situation where my neighbor across the street, I go into the house to use the restroom and there's a door open in the hallway and there's a setup. And I'm like, yo, that's like, in my mind, I'm like, that's like what, what's his name had across the street. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I got super excited. And I remember telling my grandma, I didn't even know him because he's not my cousin. He's my mom's cousin and I'm young. And I was like, grandma. She's like, what? And I'm like, she says, you want to go in there? And I was like, yeah. So she asks my cousin Roy, that was really my mom, she's my second cousin, and tells him, hey, Marcus wants to go in there. And he was like, he looks at me, you want to, just like Richard did. It was almost the same scenario. I said, yeah. And he goes in there and he shows me and he starts cutting it up and scratching. And I'm like, oh, man, this was on a whole other level. Because <laughs> that's, yeah. that's not what Richard was doing. Yeah. And so um, he goes, try it. Dude, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just... Riku, Riku, <laughs> you know, Ficky, Ficky. Uh, yeah, man. And, and that is right there. That's when I knew this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. I had no idea what he was doing, how he was doing it, but I wanted to do that. I knew I wanted to DJ by seeing Richard. I thought that was cool, but this was this was beyond. On a whole level. Yeah, man. And that right there, that's what started it. So shout out to my, my second cousin, Roy, out in New Braunfels, man. He really... He really uh, made me want to get out there and really do the damn thing. Nice. Let me. Twelve years old. Twelve. Twelve years old. That's crazy. I wish I found DJing that earlier. Let me. Let me see what's up with this laptop. To to come from where I've come from, and to have been through what I've been through, and to be where I am today, I'm just so grateful for it. I'm so grateful for it, and that's why I have a lot to talk about. You know, I, I we can talk forever. We can talk forever. I got so much to say. And it might not be important to the, to, to the average person, but to me it means a lot because I've been through so much in life, you know? And so when we sit down like this and we talk about these things and you ask questions, like these stories could go on for days and days and days. And, that's, and, and it might be rambling, but for me it's, it's a way of um, releasing a whole lot that I've had inside, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I come from so much as, as a kid that was not good and to be alive today and be here to sit in the room and talk to you about some of these things and you ask these questions it starts triggering all these these thoughts and it takes me back and then i can i can speak yeah, on it but it's it's so much man and i get real passionate i'm sorry you guys if it's like if it's just a lot of rambling no, whoever's this, this watching hella interesting. or whoever's listening but for me it means a lot because i didn't just grow up and say hey i want a dj yeah hey that looks cool. I want to try that and go buy some equipment and get a laptop and some turntables and a mixer. Put it. There's a whole story on how this even came about. Yeah. Like my life could have taken a whole other turn and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be here right now. Yeah. And that's a whole other story. But to be here right now and to be able to talk about it, that's why I, I speak the way I do and talk about these things. And a question might, might be a, the answer to your question might take five minutes but no, because there's so much involved you know with totally it fine. that's exactly what we want i can't just like, say oh yeah i yeah how did i get to DJ? oh I, I just saw this youtube clip and i thought it was cool and you know i just went and bought some turntables <laughs> and a laptop and downloaded some music and boom here i am yeah. no i i can't that's not how it happened for sure and i'm not saying that happened with you or you know but for me, that's not how, and, yeah. and I'm not saying that happened with you that that's watching now, but that didn't happen for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it, so much happened in my life, 
And so many things could have taken a wrong turn at any time. But I'm very fortunate and blessed to be here today and, and have lasted almost 20 years DJing full time. Still killing it. Full time. You know, uh, it, I, I think the last time I've clocked in and had a regular job, not saying that what I do is not a regular job, but now I'm my own boss. I own yeah. my own company. You know, I hadn't, you know, I had to clock in for somebody else that w- was my boss and they own their company. <laughs> yeah. It was in 2004. That was the last time I clocked in and clocked out. And once I clocked out, I never clocked back in. You're like, fuck this shit. Yeah, man. <laughs> I was done with it. You know what I'm saying? And here I am. And and again, I just feel blessed and fortunate, man. And that's why I get so passionate and deep about, you know, some of these questions and these answers when I give them. No, of course, answer man. Them, so. Excuse me, man. Any, Excuse me any for any taking so long. Feel passionate about it. For us, that's why we want to do this podcast. Yeah. It's kind of like, yo, what if we actually got to sit down with AM for like an hour and a half? I'll bet you that dude would have had a whole lot to say. You exactly. know what I'm saying? You saw his doc. Yeah. You know, so imagine if he had the opportunity to really speak, it would take forever. Yeah. And so that's a whole other thing, too. And he you know that's something stuff. that you would sit down and listen to. And I feel like there's a big audience of people that would listen to you too so maybe I answer mean, them anyway answer how you, you yeah feel so in, in yo if, if if this is boring yo stop <laughs> it now but if you're getting something from this keep it rolling definitely for sure so your cousin in new bronze school uh you found a set of turntables he introduced you to, to cutting and scratching you're yeah, just man. like whoa what is this, this yeah, other guy man. was just blending this is a whole new level uh what happened next that got you more deeper into the game uh did you get into like high school or Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, at that point, see, things tur- took a turn, and uh, I mean, I was a kid still. I didn't have any money for turntables. I knew that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. But I I didn't get any. You know, um, I knew some kids later that were DJs in in middle school, and they would throw parties, and I would go over there and watch. And uh, I remember, I remember I was twelve years old, and I would lie and say, "Yeah, I'm a DJ too." <laughs> And to some of the guys at school that were DJs, and they're like, "Oh yeah, well, what uh, what records do you got?" That was the question because you know we didn't have Serato. Yeah. You know, what actual records do you? And I, I didn't know what to say. Oh man, I got a whole bunch at the crib. You know what I'm saying? I'll bring a couple tomorrow. Man, I went home that day and I asked my mom, "Mom, can you take me to Sam Goody?" If y'all don't know about Sam Goody, it's an old school record store in the South Side, Golfgate Mall. Yo. When, look when it, it up, actually man, was them all. Yeah, yeah. Look up, look it up. Do your homework. Anyway, Sam Goody asked, "Mom, take me to Sam Goody for what?" I said, "I need some records. Records for what? Just give me some records, Mom." She said, "No." I told those guys I would bring some records the next day and show them what I had. Yeah. And I had to go to school tomorrow the next day with some records. Mm-hmm. So uh, I went and uh, I think I, I took some money out of my dad's wallet, <laughs> took the bus, went down to Sam Goody, and I Damn. remember, I remember I bought me the. The DOC uh, single, uh, Funky Enough, 12-inch single. And uh, what else did I get? Um, I think I got 911 is a Joke by P.E. Public Enemy. Mm. And I took those and I was like, yo, yo, I got these records, man. It's part of my collection. <laughs> they were like, what? But that's how bad I wanted it. Yeah. That's how bad I wanted it because I knew from Richard showing me the little he showed me and my cousin getting down. Maybe these guys could, you know, let me in and I could learn from them because yeah. I didn't have a setup. You know, I'm 12 years old. I don't have anything. So that was my way. At least I thought, yeah. you know, but um, 
Those guys weren't having it. I'm a kid, you know. <laughs> Ain't nobody letting me in. But what did those was... kids say? They were like, "Damn, those are some dope records." Oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. What else you got? You're like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, that's that's what happened then. And, and it was some years later to where I ended up getting some money and uh, I got I got a setup on my own. I think I was probably um, by that time I was like 14 years old, you know, and I'm. I'm just trying to bang it out in the room, getting some records. And by that time, I'm trying to figure out how are these guys cutting and making it sound so cool. Uh, I didn't know my cousin that well, so I didn't have his number. But we didn't have cell phones. It was a long yeah. distance call. I couldn't call him and ask him how to, how he was doing, what he was doing. So I was just stuck. You know, I'm in the room trying to figure it out. You know, and um, then I couldn't, and so I kind of pushed it to the side, and then. I I lost interest for a little bit because I'm yeah. growing up at this point now. I'm third, um, 14, 15, you know, 16. Yeah, and, your mind starts yeah, going elsewhere. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm growing up, yeah. you know. I'm meeting guys that think they're cool. Now I'm in the street. That's a whole other story. And then uh, then I lost my uh, equipment. My house got broken into and stuff got stole out of my house. So then it was another yeah. reason why I couldn't start, you know, continue to, to DJ. And um, so then I lost full interest at that point. I didn't have anything. Uh, by this time, I'm doing something totally different. You know what I'm saying? And um, uh, I, I want to say after, um, oh man, I can't remember the year. Maybe 98, 99, going out to the clubs, partying. I'm listening to everybody in the clubs, you know? And I'm like, yo, these guys are, you know, they're killing it out here. And I'm like, who's the DJ? Where is the DJ? Because I remember back then the tables. Yeah. So now I'm going to the clubs and I'm just listening. While everybody's partying and having a good time, I have a drink in my hand and I'm just listening to the DJ get down. And I was like, yo, this is so cool, man. Do you remember some of the names of these clubs or, or DJs? Man, some of them were just bars, holes in, hole in wall bars. Some of them, man, 98, 90, 97. Peter's Wildlife off of Richmond. Blue Planet, God dang, these are so old. I put my age out there now. Edit that shit. <laughs> <laughs> nah, there's some people out there like, yo, I remember that spot. <laughs> you know, yeah, they're old, old, old heads probably. Um, this new generation ain't gonna know it, man. You guys ain't gonna know about this stuff. It's good times though. This is like real good times. Uh, then later, you know, man, there's so many. Um, T Town, two thousand. Oh man, El Dorado. Uh, there's so many, a lot of, I mean, there's, I don't know, there's so many. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just listening, you know, and um, I'm like, yo, man, I need to get my tables back. You know, I need to get my tables back. Eventually, I came across some money, got my tables back, and I was back to drawing board, you know what I'm saying? Got yeah. my records, started doing my thing, you know what I'm saying? And uh, and then later, Serato came out. Uh, I don't know, Serato came out in 2006, seven. Something like that. Around 05, 06. Something like that. And and I saw this one cat. I forget what I don't I don't know if it was Shadow Bar in downtown. I can't remember if it was that or if it was the, the bar before that. And I saw this dude on a laptop and I was like, where's his records? Yeah, he's only using the same two. What's going on? <laughs> and I remember going up to him and I'm asking him, yo, man, what is that you're using? And he just gave me this this stupid look and gave me this attitude and he was like, Serato. like yo why are you being a dick you know what i'm saying and uh and i i asked him 
what is it? I, I didn't know. And this is a no-no to do to DJs. Yeah. But it was mind-blowing for me. And I knew that if I didn't ask him, I wouldn't know. Yeah. So I know that going up to a DJ while he's mixing is something you don't do. Yeah. But I made sure that when he was done mixing, I'd ask him. Yeah. But he still gave me an attitude. Yeah. And I think, you know, he may have been one of the first guys in the city to have it. So he ain't trying to, like, let everybody know it's the yeah. new shit. You know, I got it first. You know, I'm killing the game. I get it. But, you know, me not knowing what it was, I needed to know. Because I needed that shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I still got records. And it's a 50-50 chance he might tell you. Yeah. So, uh, you know what I'm saying? Um, close mouth don't get fed. So yeah, I, I asked him. He, he just told me it was Serato. Uh, I asked him, does that thing read the BPM for you? Because I saw it said BPM. And there were all these numbers on the side. And he was like, yeah. I was like, oh, snap. Like, oh, fuck. That's all to, he told I me. To write it down. Yeah, right that's all he told me. He was like, yeah. And he gave me this look and just like shunned me away, right? And that's I was crazy. like, okay. I'm not going to ask no more questions. I got an idea of what that thing does. Yeah. So now I was like, I need to get up on this thing. So Which is weird because I feel like it is part of hip hop. Because I remember like back in the day they would like hide their fucking their, their records and put like another label on yeah. it so you don't know what it yeah. is. Yeah. And I, I understand why they do it. But at the same time, it's like hindering the culture. Because at the same point, if everybody has the best technology, it's only going to elevate the game as a whole better. So that's crazy. Anyway, so he was just like, Serato gave it. me an attitude, brush you off. And he, he didn't have to tell me that it read the BPMs, but he did. Yeah. And when he told me that, I was like, boom, I need to get my hands on that so I can figure out how to use it. Because if it reads the BPMs, that eliminates so much work Yeah. With, with having records. There was so much more to learn and understand about Serato. I didn't know, but I just knew that however it got, the record into that software or laptop and it read your BPMs. However it did that is all I needed to figure out because yeah. now by reading the BPMs, you knew that you could grab any record you want that same BPM or damn near the same and mix them. Yeah. And I'm sure that you could probably do this a whole lot faster than digging. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Putting the record on, you know, counting that it. whole process <laughs> or even getting a brand new record and counting the BPM and trying to figure out what it is and then labeling it and then figure out where you're going to put it in your crate. Yeah. I was like, it, it started to make some sense. I, I, I had an idea, I guess. I assumed that's how it was. I was I was kind of right. But then there's a whole other process of ripping the record. Yeah. Making it into an MP3, converting it over into an MP3. That was a whole, I was like, God damn, this is a headache. So once I got my hand, I was like, shit. You know, it was, it was crazy, but uh, yeah, it was around that time, man. And but when I did get my hands on it, man, I best believe I was I was in the room, I was working, I was working, man. Do you remember the the name of the first? Um, I was gonna say first club, but do you remember your first gig? Yeah, so so I remember uh, I got hit up by somebody. I want to say it was like I want to say it was like two thousand. No, no, no. Maybe 2001. Somewhere around there. It was a guy that needed a DJ. And um, my buddy knew that I knew a lot of music. And he knew that I used to DJ. He was like, hey, man, my buddy needs a DJ at his club. And uh, one of his DJs are out. And he asked me if I knew somebody. You want to do it? And I was like, nah. <laughs> I wasn't ready. You know? so I was like, nah. I'm good. He's like, no, nah, dude, you're good. He knew, I, you know, I would DJ. He would come. He would see me at the house. And he's like, dude, I think you could do it. So anyway, long story short, I went and I did it. And it was just be one night because the guy wasn't there and they needed somebody for that night. Yeah. I do the gig, 
and because I, I just had knowledge of a lot of music, um, he was like, yo, man, you're really good. Um, would you consider coming back? And I was like, I remember I, I had a job. I was like, nah, I'm just here filling in. Like my buddy's like, he's like, man, the other guy is always calling in. He's not ever showing up. He's like, how much money did you make? And I, I was like, I made this amount. And he's like, did you have some drinks? Oh, yeah. He's like, how do you feel? I said, I feel good. Why? I saw there was a lot of girls in the DJ booth. <laughs> I was like, yeah. He's like, you wouldn't consider having that every night? I was like, and to me, I was like, eh. I, I, the way it was approached to me and the way I felt at that very moment, I, I didn't, wasn't able to build what I wanted to build for me to become the DJ I wanted to be to become. Yeah. It was kind of, I was thrown in this, this one club that I wasn't even interested in. Mm-hmm. This one club I wasn't even looking at. This one club I probably didn't even want to be a part of. And yeah. that wasn't even my style of DJing. So for me, I was like, nah. What kind of music was it? It, it was uh, it was all kinds of music. It was everything. It was mm. everything. And um, and, uh, and if it, it wasn't even on turntables. It was on CDs, CDJs. Oh, okay. And, um, and so that, that was the other thing. It's like, these are CD players. And I'm having to bring my CD book and play these CDs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's how I was DJing. And that's not what I wanted. And but he thought I was the greatest, and I'm like, this is whack. <laughs> you should see me on turntables, man. And I was like, and I was still even that great on turntables. I was still trying to perfect perfect my craft. You know what I'm saying? And and you know my brand and everything else back then. You know, and that just wasn't my steez. That's not what I wanted to do. But to mm-hmm. him, it was like, yo, come on. And and I didn't think it was real. I was like, nah, this is not me. This is not what I want to do. Then they called me again to fill in. They said, just fill in one more time. I said, okay. Well, this time it was that the time I filled in, I think, was on a Wednesday night. The second time I filled in was on a Saturday. Mm. It was even more packed, made more money. There was even more girls. <laughs> and I got stupid drunk that night. And they they uh, they talked me into it. They're like, how much money did you make? I told them. It was like, that's more than Wednesday, right? I was like, yeah. Why don't you go home and think about it? You know, and and uh, and I'll pay you this much on top of what you're making. I said, all right. And so I went home and I just thought about it. And I came back a few more times. And that's kind of like what really started it all. And I started getting in just by doing this one little hole in the wall. Mm. And and it just it just elevated from there. And just kept going. And Interesting. Never, and it never stopped. And how old were you around this time? Man, do I really got to tell you? Because <laughs> everybody's going to bleep, bleep it out. Uh, no. Um, damn. 2001... I don't know, 22, something like that, 21, 22, maybe. Gotcha. Damn, I'm so old. <laughs> You're not that old, man. Anyway, a lot's been accomplished, just know that. Definitely uh, a lot. And so, uh, yeah, you know, and, and, and that um, that kind of started it right there. So be everything before then was me trying to figure it all out. Mm. There was no school. There was no homie trying to help me out. Yeah, YouTube. <laughs> you know, the guy who even talked to me about Serato was an asshole. You know, there's no YouTube, nothing, you know? And that was just my way in. And uh, and here we are. There's a lot that's happened from that point on to, to now. But, yeah, that was, to answer your question, it was around that time, 2000, 2001. 
it was just an accident, you know what I'm saying? A fiddling gig and then once you once I got my pinky toe into that industry like that, like I did, yeah, everything kind of just started to fall fall into place. Yeah. Because I knew I didn't want to be there. Yeah. That wasn't where I wanted to be and that wasn't the style of DJing I wanted. And after that, did other clubs start reaching out to you? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started meeting a lot of people. And that's the other thing about the industry, man. You know, uh, it's going to work for you if you, if, you, if, you're, if you just do it right and you meet people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You meet people. You talk to people. Yes, if you're good uh, as a DJ, you've got skills. You know, uh, it's different today because back then it wasn't so much about branding and there wasn't social media, you know. Uh, you know, merch, any of the stuff that we do today, you know, it, it wasn't even about that back then. You know, it really was about um, your skill. Yeah. And all those, those guys thought I was, I was dope. I was freaking playing CDs, bro. That wasn't dope. <laughs> not for me. Yeah. That's not what I wanted to do. But, you know, that's just how it was. And, and uh, just met a lot of people along the way as I was perfecting my craft at home. Until he came across the right person, and then they saw what I was able to do on some turntables. Yeah, and then it went there. But that was just—that's what started it all. That was the entryway into the industry. Yeah, you know, because even if you're playing a hole in the wall place, you're in the industry. You're a part of the nightlife. Yeah, you know, it might not be the biggest club, the greatest club, but it is a part of the nightlife. It's in that circuit, in that realm. You're in. The um, you know, it's all up to you on how much further you want to go beyond that. Yeah. You know, do you want to stay in the hole in the wall? Do you want to excel? You want to meet more people? You know, do you want to up the ante? You want to level up? Well, you got to get further out there. You know what I'm saying? You got to perfect your craft. You got to get better. You got to start talking to more people. You know, rub the shoulders with these people. Rub the elbows with these people. Get out there. Tell them who you are. You know, let them hear you. You never know who's going to be in the crowd. You know what I'm saying? That might hear you and think you're dope and come up to you and say, hey, y'all got this spot. And that's kind of how it happened with me. I met somebody. I was like, yo, man, I got this spot over here. Why don't you come over here and check this place out? And a lot of times that's how it happens. You know? So if you're just starting at even the smallest venue or even as a wedding DJ, you know, or you're doing house parties, it all starts from somewhere. Yeah. You know, Uh, even if you're in the bedroom, that's how it starts. Yeah. Eventually, you get out of the bedroom. Some people like just staying in the bedroom. But if you really want to move forward and level up, you got to get out there. Yeah. Get out the bedroom for a little bit. Show people what you do, man. There's so many dope DJs in the bedroom, man, killing it. And not only that, there's so many dope DJs in the bedroom right now gunning for your spot. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? So it, that's just how it starts, man. You get your foot in the door somehow, some way, and you just keep moving. Just keep, Just keep moving. Definitely, for sure. So, you started DJing clubs. You started meeting more people. What What was the next steps that happened after that? Did you ever compete in any battles? Or? Nah, man. No battles. But I didn't mean to cut you off with your question. No, you're good. You got more to the question? Go ahead. No, that was it. Oh, I thought you were going to yeah. ask, ask something else. No, I was just asking if you did any no, battles. Or... Battles? No. I, I, I've never done any battles. I, I, con- I contemplated it mm-hmm. um, a lot of times. You know... Um, but I never really done any battles because I felt like I wasn't good enough. Mm. You know, I these there's some guys out there, man, that are sick with it on the tables. Mm. They're so dope with their cuts. They're so dope with their scratches. 
they're so dope with their beat juggles. Like, you, you know, you, even you, like, I've seen how far you've come with your beat juggles, and, and those are dope, by the way. Appreciate it, man. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of DJs that are so sick with it, you know, and I know what I'm capable of. Yeah. I know my lane. I know what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. You know, I know, I know where, you know, my strengths are and where my weaknesses are. And do I feel like I got what it takes to be a battle DJ? I've heard from so many people, dude, you have what it takes. <laughs> I've heard so many people tell me you need to be on the Red Bull Three style. I'm just like, nah, man. Dude, I, I would love to see you on Red Bull. I'll never make it, and that's just me thinking that. Yeah. Do I have a complex? I don't know. Maybe, but I've contemplated it. But then I'm like, man, I'm not gonna win. Man, you just need I'm to not try. gonna waste my time. You know, my homie Baby J said it one time. It's so shout it's out so, to Baby J. Yeah, shout out to the Cracker Nuts. It's so uh, frustrating to to be. You know, practicing a set day in, day out for six months that only lasts six minutes. Yeah. And for me, I'm so busy already. I I don't even have time to up the ante on my equipment. You know, <laughs> how am I gonna how am I gonna focus on a on a <laughs> set for set, yeah, yeah? You know, and and that's just I'm I'm everywhere. I'm so busy these days, flying in to different cities and states, DJing in all these you know venues or whatnot. I I feel like I I can't find the time. Um, I've wanted to do it, but you know, to be honest with you, I just feel like I I'm not that good. Yeah, that's just that's just my honest answer. You know, people say otherwise. Thank you to everybody and big ups to y'all for thinking that. Will I ever do it? Maybe. We'll see. Maybe. Twenty twenty one. I'm not gonna tell you what I almost did last year, but maybe. <laughs> um, but for no, sure. that's that's I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be real. You know, and that's just how I feel about it. Definitely you know? for sure. And then we also knew that you're part of a group called uh, Zach Slater. How yeah. did you link up with uh, Demo from the Waxaholics? Oh, Demo, man. He's the homie. Um, yo, shout out to Demo. Big shout out to Demo. Uh, we met, we met at, a, at, a, at a bar on Washington Avenue some years ago, man. I would say maybe 2011 or something like that. Um, I ended up dropping a mixtape. and It's a funny story. Uh, I dropped a mixtape. And he comes up to me uh, with another homie of ours named uh, DJ Kid Cali. Big up to Kid Cali. Um, Kid Cali comes up and says, yo, man, heard your mixtape. It was fire. Yo, it's dope, man. And I'm like, thanks, man. He goes, man, my homie Demo likes it too. And Demo's like, hey, man, I like your mixtape. Demo swears to God. He swears to God that I brushed him off. And I was just like, yeah, man, whatever. And he tells me that I did that. And then he was like, man, fuck this guy. He says that he thought I was the biggest jerk. It's like, oh man, fuck this guy. I try to give him props on his mixtape. Man, yeah. fuck this guy. So, and I didn't know he felt that way at yeah. the time. I didn't know that he was thinking that in his mind. You got to get him on here, man. Right. I, I want to see if this really happened. Yeah, right? I didn't know he was thinking I wanna, that. I want right? to hear his side of the story. So, you know, long story short, I meet him real quick, right? And then I never see him again. Yeah. Right. And then I saw him like some months, maybe even a year later, at another venue, uh, and. Um, with Kid Cali again, and, and I got reintroduced to him again. This time, he kind of brushes me off. like, <laughs> And I'm thinking, like, yo, why is this guy being <laughs> a dick? Like, yo, fuck this yeah, guy. you know what I'm saying? Like, fuck this dude, right? And so, it, so it happened, right? In reverse, I guess. But, but I didn't know he felt that way. And I swear I wasn't being like that. But, I mean, he thought I was. Maybe I did. I don't know. But I wasn't trying to be. Because yeah. even to this day, I don't try to be like that with anybody I meet. You know, if if they think that, I mean, I'm sorry, but that's just not the way I am. I don't even carry myself to to be better than anybody. You know, there's so many guys that are way better than me. 
uh, guys out there that are super dope. And, and there's a lot of guys that I'm better than, but I don't, I don't carry myself like I'm better than anyone ever. You know, I'm just a guy who does what I do and that's it. Just like you, just like the guy right now behind the camera and just like all the other DJ, just like all the other DJs out there that are watching and listening that do what they do, you know, but people just get misperception. I, I don't know. And, uh, that's what he felt, man. And I, to this day, I said, dude, it wasn't even like that. So when he was like that with me, I, I uh, was trying to approach him again. And this time I had a shot. But we were amongst uh, a, a mutual friends. And uh, we were all hanging out. So I got a couple shots for um, me, him, and a couple of the homies that were there. And uh, actually, one of my homies, uh, Doe, uh, rest in peace, uh, Doe Boy, one of our um, mutual friends that just passed away recently, uh, God bless his soul. Uh, we were there hanging out, and he just takes the drink. He's like, oh, man, thanks, man. And we take the shot, and then he just kind of puts it down, and he continues the conversation with our homie Doe, and I'm just like, this dick. Fucking dick. Anyway, uh, and then and then um, the tables were out, and yeah. then uh, Key Cali was like, yo, man, you want to get on, right? And I was like, yeah. And they were doing a two-by-four set that night, Demo okay. and Cali. And so I got on one setup, and I think Demo was playing on the other setup, and I started cutting, scratching, just doing some things, and and I think that's really how it happened. And I was just, and I remember I was fucked up that night. <laughs> and I probably sounded sloppy as shit, you know? I was just, whatever. And Demo was on the other side doing his thing, and and then that's just kind of how it, it, it evolved, you know? We uh, we kept in touch after that, and, you know, we um, I got invited to a couple of their parties, and I guested with them. And uh, it just it just kind of fell in place. And then next thing I knew, he was over at my studio. And we were in the studio just chopping it up. And, dude, it's almost like 10 years now that we've been working together. We still work together. That's awesome. You know? Even though he's a part of the Waxaholics, shout out to the Waxaholics. Waxaholics, um, shout out. You know, um, you know, we just, we've been grinding, man, since. I mean, uh, Zach Slater is still an entity, but we're so busy um, that we haven't been able to get together and do a two by four set. And we used to throw parties and stuff yeah. like that. And, uh, you know, individually we're busy. Um, and then when he started working with Reeks, he's gotten real busy. Me, I'm always just, you know, you know, been a one man gang, just doing hustling my own DJ, thing. Man. Huh? So you're a hustling DJ, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, don't stop. And, and so it's kind of hard to get together. We, there's a lot of talks and projects that we want to do and, and we, we talk about all the time. We just got to find the time to do it. Definitely, you know for sure. Yeah, I remember going to South by Southwest when I first met you yeah, guys. Yeah, that's right, man. That shit was bananas. Yeah, that was a good time. And then Spider was there. Uh, yeah. Who else was there? There's Shout so many Spider. Dope, dope DJs over there, man. It, yeah, it Mick, um, DJ Mick, one who's there. It was a whole lot of DJs, man. And uh, yeah, that's right. You were there. It was yeah. a good time. I videotaped everything. That's right. I think dope. I just posted that not too long ago. Just yeah, as a I saw throwback that. Thursday like just to do it. Yeah. Yelling pimps. That's right. Words. That's right. That was. <laughs> you did do that. Yeah. yeah so, man. yeah, that's how we th throw the parties, man. When we get down, that's how we do it. You know, there's not a lot of guys who can do a two by four set, man, and really get down and, and, and you know, have this, um, you know, this vibe where they can make it work behind, yeah. you know, four turntables. A lot of people try it. It doesn't work. You know, uh, a lot of people do try it and it does work. For us, it just happened, yeah. you know, and, and we would just, man, we would just go in the studio and just play tracks and just vibe, just vibe out. And I would just drop something and he'd be like, man, fuck you. you know? <laughs> he still does it to this day. Like, and then he'll try you. to do something. Yeah, and, and then I'll like, be like, fuck you. It's like a back yeah. and forth. Yeah, thing man, like, but, you know, it just works, man. Yeah, yeah, and, sure. and, you know, and we were like this ultimate DJ 
in yeah. one, you know, you know, on four tur- four turntables, you know what I'm saying? And we would just do our thing. For sure. And I think one thing that that I noticed like from someone that's not in the group or kind of like from afar is like you both had a uh an admirement for DJ AM and I thought that was oh, really yeah. cool. Yeah. Cuz when I first got into Break Free, I didn't know that you're a huge AM fan, but I was a huge AM fan and then mm. like it took me months to figure out that you're a huge AM fan and we we're just both nerding out talking about it. I was like, "Yo, yeah. this is crazy like for me to meet a DJ who's like, at, like obsessed with like AM as much as I am or knows so much about him, like this is awesome. I feel like the stars really aligned in that. Yeah, it was crazy, man. Um, so that was how we met because the mixtape I dropped was a tribute mixtape to AM. Was it the Goldstein or something? Yeah, the okay. Goldstein. So I, I dropped that in honor of AM, and there's a there's a story, you know, behind that as well. Like I said, we can be here forever. I got many stories. Um, I was supposed to meet him for my birthday um, the year that he passed mm-hmm. when he got his residency at uh, Rain over in Vegas. Yeah. So at the time, I had set up you know my birthday party at Rain with VIP um, for the sta- on the stage booth on the stage with a bottle for me and my people to go out there, and that was what I wanted. I wanted to go out there. Have my party at Rain on the stage next to AM for my birthday. Yeah. That and, sounds nuts. Yeah. And I mean, we, I was going all out. And that's what I was going to do. And so I made it happen. We were going. And that week, that Friday that I was supposed to be there, it was the week weekend before my birthday. My birthday September 2nd. And he died August 29th, I think. Something like that. So the week before. 28th, I think. Something like that, right? 28th, 29th. My birthday was just in a few days. So that Friday was the weekend before my birthday. That's crazy. I was going there to celebrate my birthday and meet AM. And wake up, you know, in the morning uh, and find out that, you know, he passed. It was all over the TV. I was like, what? This is BS, you know? No. That's, you know? And and yeah, I looked up to him in many ways, you know? Uh, And that's a whole other story on why. So I was so bummed out. That this happened, you know, not only because he passed, but like, yo, like, I was going there for that. That was that was my celebration. Now who's gonna be there? Yeah, he's gone, which sucks. Everybody's bummed. Everybody's sad. But like, who's gonna be there now? The party's not gonna be the same. Yeah, it's I'm bummed vibe. out. You know, the I'm sure the club is gonna be a different vibe. You know, yeah. they're not gonna be happy. You know. This was like the whole new AM Fridays at Rain and everybody's going to see him. It was a big thing, man. It was a huge thing. Yeah. So it just changed everything. That's crazy. But I go there anyway and I have my party and who ended up DJing for AM that night was uh, DJ Scene. Hmm. So that's how I ended up being friends with DJ Scene. Interesting. So I, w- I didn't meet AM because he passed, but I ended up meeting Scene and then we ended up being being friends. So when I think about it, like I probably would have been friends with, with AM. Yeah. Just like Scene and Spider and everybody else, you know? And uh, just the way the universe works, man. God bless his soul as well. Rest in peace, AM. But that's how that happened. And because of that, I ended up deciding to do a tribute mixtape. and Which I, was dope, by the way. Yeah, thanks. And I, I put that out. So made, the CD. Yeah, I made massive <laughs> copies, you know, physical copies, put them out there. And that's how Demo and I met. He ended up wanting to say, hey, yo, this shit was dope. Yeah. And then what's crazy is like you guys end up DJing uh, the premiere of his movie in Austin, right? Right, right. So because of that, uh, you know, 
he ended up liking the CD. He knew who AM was. We started conversing down the line about AM and his style and, you know, and how, you know, he thought he was dope as well. And I, I told him, you know, why I liked his style. And he was like, yo, man, your CD, you need to put that out because no one's doing that in Houston. No one has that style. No one's really doing that. Um, I just was trying to put out a mixtape in homage to AM. I wasn't really trying to sound like him. Yeah. I was on the mixtape in homage of him. Yeah, that's all I was trying to do. But my style wasn't supposed to be like him. I wasn't gonna. That that was more that I was reaching for. But demo was like, you need to put that out. No one in Houston DJs like that out here. Yeah, just put it out. So you know, and, and he's like, you you need to you need to get further. Out. He's like, let's throw a party. Put mm -hmm. that mix out there to the masses. Push it further than what you did, and let's throw a, a, an AM party in honor of him and give back to the community. Let's raise money somehow and pick a, you know, a charity of of our choice and give back to the community like AM was doing. Yeah, you know, you, uh, you did a tribute. Let's take it further. Let's do something nobody else is doing. And I was like, Are you serious? He's like, Yeah, let's do it. It was really demo's idea, not yeah. mine. I just wanted to put the CD out in homage to him because yeah. I was upset that I didn't get to miss the guy, see, meet the guy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? The demo's like, dog, you need to put this out there. Let's, so I was like, nah. That's, nah. And then, I don't know, a week or two later, I was like, you for real? He's like, I'm being serious. You need to do it. I was like, all right, let's do it. So we just got in the studio and we started just collaborating and talking about how we were going to do it, how we were going to push it. He was, you know, getting the dots, connecting them, you know, talking, reaching out to, you know, charities and how we're going to raise money, who we're going to give the money to and things like that. And, and that's what we did. And we, we did it for, I want to say we did the AM tribute parties for maybe three years, mm. you know, and uh, it was good. We raised a lot of money. We gave, we gave it to the charities, gave the money to the charities. Um, it was a good time. I really think uh, with Demo's idea, he was like, it, it gives, um, um, it brings a different style of DJing to the city that, that yeah. we don't have. And I think that it, he was right. I think it did that because at the time, no one was really doing it. Cracker Nuts were always dope. They were doing their thing. Um, Booth Pimps are dope. They're doing their thing. Uh, everybody has their own style of DJing and not yeah. to knock anybody for their style. Everybody's super dope in the city. There's a lot of dope, dope, dope DJs. But Demo was kind of right. There was really no one doing that. You know, Now there is. A lot of guys are really sick, man. They're getting, you know, um, and uh, I, I think that it really pushed that. I think it pushed the envelope a little bit. Yeah. With the creativity behind the tables, you know, and I'm, I'm not saying that it did a lot because there's a lot of DJs that been so dope, been yeah. dope and been doing stuff. But um, it kind of I think it kind of really pushed that open format. Uh, vibe or style of DJing just a little bit more in the south demo made a tweet during one of the AM parties and said um, this is why a DJ's AM legacy lives on here in Houston DJ scene saw that and he retweeted it and liked it and, and I it thought that up. was yeah I thought yeah I thought that was pretty dope that's awesome. you know because it's coming from a guy you know that was AM's friend that's from yeah. a whole different coast and it kind of it kind of for me um Made it, I don't want to say official, but, you know, it was a blessing. Like, he gave us that blessing. Like, you know, I agree with that. That's cool. Yeah. Kind of like, yo, y'all keep doing what y'all are doing down there. Will you guys ever throw another AM event in the future? I don't know, man. You know, with us being so busy now, you know, and, 
and being gone so long, you know, rest his soul. I, I don't know if we'll ever do it, you know, Demo's super busy, I'm super busy. Uh, it would be cool, but there's a lot of cats. Uh, I don't know if there's anybody who really knows who he is. Um, a lot do, but there's some that don't. Yeah. Um, but again, that was that was really another way of educating the new DJs yeah. on that style of DJing, you know what I'm saying, and who he was. You know, will we do it? Maybe, you know, and maybe again, it will help educate some of these newer guys that are coming up on who he is and what that style is like. Because nowadays there's a lot of DJs that are coming up that are dope, but they're on controllers. Yeah. You know, not saying that they, you know, that anything's wrong with that, but it's still, that's another style of DJing. Yeah, which is crazy because like there's some people my age, like they DJ on controllers and I'll be like, oh yeah, like this sounds like AM and they'll be like, who's AM? And I'm like, all right, look. Before you do anything else, <laughs> now you're schooling. <laughs> before you do anything else, go watch this movie. Go watch the documentary. Yeah. And then they'll hit me up after the documentary, like, "What the fuck? This dude was dope." Yeah. Like, I listened to some of his mixes on YouTube, like, yeah. and they're just like mind blown that they didn't know that. And yeah. I was like, "Damn, that's crazy!" Like, and and you know what? And that's just how it was for me when I first found out who he was. I was mind. I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. This is like, he was so ahead of his time. It. This is this is beyond like when I told you about my cousin, that was a whole other level. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was beyond it. You know what I mean? And and I was just mind blown, just like the way you were when you first saw him, and just like these kids now, they're you know seeing it now and you know texting you back about it. That's exactly how I felt. And I was like, yo, man, if he can do that on those fucking turntables, like, so can I. Yeah. What's what's mind boggling is what he would have been able to do on a fucking S nine. Yeah. Yeah, when you think about it, like, if he was doing that back then, you know, what would he be doing now? Yeah. And that's something I ask my, myself whenever I'm making mixes or trying to do, like, what would AM do? What what would he do that would push that open format envelope yeah. even further? But, um, yeah, man, so I noticed that you've been doing a lot more events on Austin. It's almost like your second home. I see you're between Houston and Austin. Like, yeah, and that's been going on for some years. Yeah, for some yeah. years. Uh, what spots are you DJing out there? Austin, um... Now, just Kung Fu in the right. domain. Um, that's like North Austin. And uh, Handlebar over off of East 5th Street. Just one street over from Dirty 6th in downtown. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, those are the only two spots, man. It's It's been like five years now. Nice. Back and forth. That's awesome. And it's crazy that the, the bar awesome. establishment is lasting that long, and yeah. especially in nightlife. So that really says something about the establishment and yeah. the, the music that you're curating over there. So. Yeah. It's been like five years at Handlebar Austin in two years at Kung Fu. Yeah, and then you also do Handlebar in Houston too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Handlebar in Houston. It's been two years in Handlebar Houston off of Washington Avenue. Nice. It's a pretty dope spot, man. Those same guys are about to open uh, a couple new places in the city and it's open like up some other cities. Unicorn uh, something, right? Unicorn Disco, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're about to open some other venues in a few other cities and states as well. Nice. So these it's guys awesome. are really, really expanding. Which is, they're a dope company, uh, a dope... Um, a, a, a really cool group of people to work for, man. They they really take care of uh, their staff and DJs, man, which is really really dope. It's hard to to work for somebody who's really looking out for your DJs, you know, as well as your staff, and really care about what they do in their craft. Yeah. You know? And I I appreciate that. That's yeah. awesome. So it's really dope, man. It's been about five years back and forth from Houston to Austin, you know, just between you know these two cities. Uh, everywhere else, I kind of just fly out and do some other stuff, but yeah, Austin. That's second awesome. home so what is uh control management i noticed that you have that in your bio and oh uh, control management that's um 
it's an it's pretty much an agency, a DJ agency, man. You know, that uh, has a few DJs under their their agency, the label, and they just manage the DJs. You know, with gigs. You know, they um, just like any agency. You know, whatever gig comes their way, they just either call me demo or. Couple of the other guys we have on there is uh, DJ Chaos from Houston. Shout and, to Chaos. Yeah, Chaos. Uh, DJ Fresco from um, Brownsville, which now resides in Austin. You know, um, and I think there's a couple other guys that they they have, but not officially on the roster. Yeah. But they do work with, and and you know they just they just have gigs. They come across the gigs and they say, "Yo, I need you for this. Are you available? If not, you know." Let's make this happen. You know, if they don't get me, they'll get Demo Chaos Fresco yeah. or some of the other guys. It's it's just a another agency. You know, just a lower tier because you got these bigger guys like yeah. scam artists and rich group. Yeah, all these other you know, and uh, so it's it's a little it's a dope agency. Uh, I like it because you know the thing about control is it's a couple guys who figured out their way on how to make something work for them. Yeah, and 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 put something together to to look out for the DJs who are who are out there grinding, hustling, you know what I'm saying? Because you know how difficult it is, man, to get scam artists' attention. Oh, a lot. I mean, their rosters. You know what I'm saying? Damn book. <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? And then you or I or somebody, you know, just trying to get on, you know, you're in a waiting list, you know what I'm saying? And 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 then they take a huge, you know, percentage. It's it's a whole lot to get into when you're talking about these major agencies. Whereas uh, some some of these guys are like, you know, I'm not waiting for an agency. I'm gonna go out there and get it. Yeah, I'm gonna make this happen on my own. Screw the agency. Boots to the ground type shit. Yeah, I'm I'm not giving a cut of any of my money. I'm gonna do this. And a couple of guys ended up figuring it out, and they they've been in the industry long enough, and they said, you know what, we can get these gigs on our own. I don't need scam artists, or I don't need rich group to get into Vegas, or to get with you know this brand over here, or to get into that club over there. These guys have been doing it on their own and ended up, you know, cre- pretty much creating their own agency just through networking. Yeah, that's all it is. It's all based on just relationships. Just through networking. And they're like, yo, we're doing this. Come on, man. You want to be a part of it? Really? You're not asking for anything? Nah, man, let's do this. That's awesome. <laughs> Come on. And so, <laughs> that's you know, fam right there. That's awesome. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and I think that that's how a lot of the agencies really start, if you ask me. You know, and you know, you get a, a group of your core guys, and you just build off of that. Who knows where that thing is going to go from here? I'm not saying that, um, and it's not a knock to any other agencies, but yo, man, that's what control is, and you know, they're they're dope, and uh, I like working with those guys. Definitely for sure. I always get a lot of questions from uh, some of these up and coming DJs or younger DJs, but do you feel it's vital to have uh, an agency um, to be under an agency umbrella to get gigs or? Like, like, what advice would you have for uh, up-and-coming DJs who are still in that bedroom phase trying to get into the club market or nightlife? Man, you know, I think that if you just stay true to yourself, man, and grind it out, perfect your craft, you know, your skills, your brand, you know what I'm saying? And just get out there and network and talk to people. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna fall into the right place. You're going to fall into these pockets. You're going to get these gigs and you won't need an agency. And if you fall into the right, you know, pocket or to the right gig or come across the right person, you know, maybe one of those bigger agencies will pick you up. So I would say don't focus 
on trying to get an agency because you're going to miss a whole lot if you just focus on this one thing. Because now you're not focused on your craft. You're not really meeting anybody. You're not getting out there. You're not getting any gigs because you're so busy trying to be super dope behind the turntables and get content to send to this one agency or to this line of agencies. Yeah, and then you're relying on one source. Yeah. And and then you're everything else is passing you by. Definitely. So I would say don't don't worry about that right now. Just be dope, be you, do your thing, you know, perfect your craft, be sharp with it and everything will just fall into place, man. I, I, I it will. I mean look how far, you know, I've come, <laughs> you sure. know, and full time second house Four cars. Killing the game, man. Doing my thing. Yo, what kind of car you drive, though? Where <laughs> <laughs> are you trying to flex? <laughs> but, you know, and, and so, and I'm just, and I'm not trying to say I'm the best, but, like, ultimately, everybody's success is different. For sure. And for me, that's my success, being able to take care of my family. So, if you want an agency, you don't have a family, you don't have kids, and you're young, just be dope at what you do. Stay true to it. Perfect your craft, get out there, talk to people, network, push your brand, and that will, man, that shit will come. It'll fall into place, man. I know plenty of DJs that that were young just a few years ago that are a lot younger than me. They just started, and they stayed true to it, and they did everything I just mentioned. And and these guys are doing, you know, second, you know, tier clubs, venues, third tier clubs, venues. They're flying everywhere, and they just, they kept pushing. Granted, you know, they don't have any kids, they're not married, which is a plus for them, you know, but they're doing the goddamn thing. That's all you have to do. And some of these guys I'm mentioning, they don't even have an agency. Yeah. They all all just mere pure pure off the grind. Purely just off the grind. The strength of the grind. That's it. Killing it. So my advice is just don't focus on that one thing. Cause if you do, you're gonna miss out on a whole lot. Wise words for the from the man himself, DJ Me. So, what's in store for twenty twenty uh, for DJ Main Event? Do you have any plans in the future that you plan on? Uh, yeah, um, there's a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to give away too much. I mean, there's a there's a lot in store. Um, definitely more traveling. Um, I'm traveling now, but there's gonna be a lot more coming up. Um, a lot more going on with branding. Uh, um, definitely this year gonna. Uh, uh, get some new equipment. <laughs> Boy, still using Scratch Live. Yo, man. <laughs> what they say, if you know, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. I you know what it, I mean? I and it. It, it it works. I've never. Hey, yo. Speaking of that, I've not had one problem, not one problem. And let me knock on some wood or something around here. It's right here. Not one problem with my my Serato ever crashing on me. Yeah. Freezing on me on a gig, laptop just you know shutting down. Nothing. And that's the thing, you know, when you update your uh, OS system or you get to the new software, there's lots of bugs and, you know, problems. And uh, you read the forums all the time. You hear about it all the time. Thank God I haven't had that problem. So I've been so scared to, to upgrade and update everything. Man. You have but forgotten your records it. and slip mats, though. Huh? I said you have forgotten your yeah. records and slip mats, Yeah, though. I have. I have. <laughs> yes. Shout out to you for helping me out that one time, man. Yeah, funny story. Main hits me up. He's like, yo, man, I left my records at home. So I'm like... Okay, cool. I'll, I'll head over there. Like, I'm off tonight. I think it was like yeah. a Thursday or something. Uh, I bring him records, and he's like, yo, you ain't got no slip mats? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you only asked for records. Like, Dude, I'm so sorry, but thank you, dude. You saved me that night, dude. Yeah. You, you really 
came through, man. You came through that night, and I, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I was going to figure it out. Yeah, and then I I, uh, I dropped the records off, and he's like, man, this is all I need. Like, thank you so much. You just saved my set. He's over there, like, trying to cut, like, wax or some yeah. toilet. I don't... <laughs> no, I was cutting the actual, um, the sleeve Yeah. from the vinyl, you know, and, and I was cutting it up to put it on there, and uh, yeah. that's what I was going to use. I wasn't going to bug you or anybody for anything. Yeah. I hate asking people for stuff, but, yeah. I mean, that's what I was doing, and you came through again. Yeah, so I went home and I was like, "Man, I'm bringing this full semester." I was like, "Damn, dude, you don't have to do this, but you did it." So thank you so much man, for no that, worries, man. I know how it is because I saved I've my, left night. my shit at home and I'm just like, "Man, this guy saved my night." It <laughs> was sure. so dope. Yeah, uh, but yeah, man, appreciate you coming on the podcast. I feel like it was really insightful for all of our listeners. Uh, one question we like to ask at the end of the podcast: uh, If you were to give a uh, your last speech in 30 seconds to the whole world, what would that be like? I have no idea. <laughs> um, this spitting game or just now, um, stuff in general you want to tell the world? Man, um, just, just do what you love. Don't quit. Don't stop. Stay true to it. Be yourself. Don't try to be anybody that you're not. Um, this, this industry, it, it's a roller coaster ride. So once, once you're involved and once you get in, You'll, you'll know right away if this is for you or if it isn't. And if it isn't, just go ahead and go back to what it was you're doing. It's all good. But if it is something you want to do and once you're in, you're going to have your highs and you're going to have your lows. Okay? And if you want to last long in this business, um, you know, just, just have a good attitude. Be good to people and they're going to be good with you. Those people, when they go up, they go up with you. And when you go down, those people are going down with you. Because this is an industry. And we're all in the same circuit, this nightlife. We all grow together. We, we fall together. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're a bartender, a club owner, if you're a DJ, a bar back. You're going to see these faces day in and day out as you're working. So if you're good at the highs with these people, they're going to be good with you when it's time to go down at your low. If you're a dick with these people when you come up and when it's time to come down and you have your lows, they're going to be a dick with you then too. Just remember that, man. Just stay true to yourself and everything will be all right. Gems from the legendary DJ main event. Where can the people find you out on social media main event? Uh, social media, IG, a DJ underscore main event. Twitter, DJ underscore main event. Uh, Facebook, DJ main event. Um, you know, you can find me on my personal page, Marcus Trejo. Uh, and uh, Mixcloud, DJ main event on Mixcloud. Uh Spotify, DJ main event on Spotify. Link everything in the description yeah. below. Check that out. Yeah. So give our man a follow. Adam on Facebook by his government name, all that. Yeah, it's but all yeah, good. man, thanks for coming through once again. A good conversation, oh, man. man. As always, you like fam. So if you thank need you. anything from us, we appreciate it. Thank you for having me, man. And uh thank you uh and shout out to the camera Shout man out to for, Nathan San Miguel in the building. For holding down that camera the whole time. <laughs> for sure. All right, guys. Peace.